Welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. Wesleyan Podcast, bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. We're with Wesleyan Bank this week as they are literally quizzed about what GPs need to know when taking out partner equity loans. So if you're a GP looking to get into a partnership, this is the show for you. And with that, I'll hand you over to our host of the most, Ben Carey. Hello, I'm joined today by Raj Patel and Emma Sillers, who are both healthcare relationship managers with Wesleyan Bank and specialise in supporting GPs, dentists, pharmacists and vets with a variety of commercial financial requirements. Don't forget opticians as well. Ah, good point, Emma. Yeah, of course. However, today, though, we're talking about GPs and the questions they should be considering before buying into a partnership. But before we do that, why don't you introduce yourselves? Okay, well, seeing as I've already butted in, I'll go first. Um, I'm Emma Sillers. I'm based in Oswestry, Street, but I cover Scotland, Wales and the northwest of England. And I've been with the bank for just over a year. And I'm Raj Patel. I'm based in Leicester and I cover the Midlands and the North East. And I started working for Wesleyan Bank uh, in 2013, so coming up to six years. Okay, both. Thanks for the intros. Um, Okay, let's get down to it then and talk GP matters. Um, In the media, there's been various reports about a a GP partnership crisis, um, with it being widely reported that one in four partnership positions are vacant. What's your take on this? Well, um, I mean, I've, I've been looking doing this job for about six years. And talking to GPs and talking to uh, various industry experts, uh, there is an acknowledgement that there is a shortage of um, GPs coming into the into the sector. That's really as a result of uh, a lot of GPs who have actually retired. So by by the very definition, you have got a little bit of a crisis in terms of vacant positions. But I think that's been addressed by the present government and the previous governments because they're recruiting a number of GPs uh, to address this problem. But it is a long-term structural problem, which I think eventually will will be sorted. Okay, Raj. I think there's some some very obvious to me uh, pros and cons of going into the GP partnership, but what do you think is the best metaphor for it, if you're going to describe it? It's definitely a marriage. in my opinion, it's, it, it is a marriage where you've got to think long and hard, uh, making sure these are people you want to live your life with and that you're actually signing a contract to become a GP for a long time and your finances are then intertwined and you might even argue about holidays. <laughs> I agree. A marriage is definitely as close as it gets. Um, just make sure it isn't a shotgun Vegas wedding to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I mean... What challenges have either of you experienced then with GPs buying into a partnership? It's, it's obviously it's a huge step forward, and um, you know you, you you will need guidance along the way. So, what what common pitfalls might might be faced in doing so? I think I think the biggest one uh, is really the the opportunity to actually buy in and, and, and thinking can they really afford to buy into the practice? So it's a financial outlay. Um, and that particular financial outlay is, is actually covered by the notional rent and the cost rent because the NHS actually provides uh, income to, um, to the GPs or the GP pra- uh, partnership where they are then able to draw on those notional rent to actually um, service the loans. So from that perspective, that's probably one of the, the biggest considerations for each GPs. 
Yeah, and I think um, they also need to have a look at whether the loan is structured under a joint and several liability basis, as some of the other banks do that. And what that means is even though they're only buying in for their own share, they will also be liable for the loans with the partners in the whole practice. Absolutely. Um, I think the long term is, is it is a viable option for them. So effectively, what, what you're doing is you're getting uh, the NHS actually paying uh, notional rent or cost rent which then contributes uh, towards your equity you're buying in the building. And ultimately, in the future, you you will benefit because when you retire, you'll be uh, able to actually draw on that uh, uh, equity which is built up in, in, in the building. Okay, thanks both for your insights there. Um, I'm going to go off piece slightly now. I'm going to put you both on the spot. Uh, I know how competitive you both are. So we've come up with a, with a game, um, a buzzer game in fact, and we're going to go through some frequently asked GP questions. So we've got five questions in total for you both, covering topics that GPs should consider before becoming a partner. And what I want you to do is tell me what you think is most important. Okay. So before we dive in, um, let's just make sure your buzzers are <coughs> both working. Um, Emma, can, let's, let's hear yours, please. Okay. Raj, you up for it? Yeah, certainly. Here you go. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's kick off then. Question one. What is the most important aspect of the partnership agreement? Raj. Well, make sure that the partnership agreement is reviewed on a regular basis. So if you're buying in, uh, um, make sure that a legal uh, solicitor has looked at it. Uh, You've had a chance to go through it because a lot of these partnerships are historical. and They don't reflect um, perhaps the changes which may have taken place. So uh, the key question is, is it fit for purpose? Well, you were so quick off the buzzer there, but can I add something as well? <laughs> Am I allowed, yeah. Ben? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Fine. So in the partnership um, agreement as well, I think that there needs to be something about the exit process. So it just needs to include things like who buys the um, share? Is it going to be the rest of the GPs? Is it going to be someone new? Is there a time frame? Are there any legal requirements that they have to sell? So can a retiring partner continue as a landlord and receive their share of the notional rent? Um, what happens to last man standing? All that kind of thing needs to be in there as well. Oh, he's a maverick. He's a maverick. Right. <laughs> Some really good points there, uh, Emma. But also, one of the last things, uh, as, as just picking up on Emma's point, is you don't want to get to a situation of being last man standing or last woman standing with regards to GPs. So, again, this, this is quite reflective in your uh, partnership agreement. If you are signing the partnership agreement, what does it say with exit strategies? So, d- does it mean that when all the partners retire, are you looking to recruit new people? Are you buying a, a share of those uh, um, um, uh, equity? Are you offering it to other non-GP partners? Because you've now got uh, uh, practice managers, um, nurses, who are part of the GP practice because the practice is getting bigger, who are actually giving the opportunity to buy in. So these kind of considerations need to be sort of taken into uh, in, into your long-term planning. Okay, great. Thanks, both. Um, okay, we're going to move on to question two. So, eyes down, looking, no conferring. Um, question two: What should you look for in partnership accounts? 
Hammer. Too slow, Raj. Um, so one of the things is that the equity um, is contained within the building, so you need to make sure that the building is listed within the accounts. Um, quite often this will have a historical figure, um, but it might not be that it reflects the true valuation of the property, so you might need to consider having another valuation done, um, especially if the building is going to be used as security. Anything else, Raj? Yeah. Um, when you're looking at the accounts, look at the capital accounts. So you've got existing GPs who will have the capital account and how uh, their actual income is, is actually made up of. So that you, what you'll have is their baseline drawings, also um, the notional rent or the cost rent which goes in, but additional services which as a GP practice may offer. And then depending on the number of sessions each GP is doing, they will then get allocated a share. So it's important to look at that because it will then give you an indication, especially when you're working out your particular finances, to say, can they afford to buy in? Look at the, the baseline drawings. Uh, so that will give you uh, something to work towards in terms of your own income. Okay, thanks both. We're going to move on to question three. So let's see who's quicker after Mark. Um, what is the average time for a partner to achieve full parity? Raj, you just nipped in there first. I think I got in there first, right. Um, I think it used to be about sort of three years, uh, but increasingly what's happened uh, with a lot of uh, GPs actually sort of exiting, um, you've now got that sort of time, time, time frame reduced to probably from six months to a year before um, full sort of parity is actually offered to, to GPs. But the key thing is really it is dependent on the uh, A, the exiting GPs deciding the fact that, that it's time for them to retire or part of their uh, succession planning they actually are giving up a, a, a bit of their share and actually inviting some of the younger GPs uh, to come in uh, because it's, it, it is about long-term strategic planning. Okay, thanks Raj. Okay, question four. I think everyone would acknowledge that um, creating a, a comprehensive and robust business plan is absolutely key in any business model, especially when you're trying to apply for finance. But what is the most important thing to consider within the business plan? Emma. Well, there are loads, so I might let Raj answer some, but I'm going to go first. Um, so, like, Thank you. <laughs> you're uh, so, like with any um, business, a GP practice is no different. So, a business plan um, should set out to the partner that's buying in um, the short-term plans, long-term plans. So, it needs to encompass things like how NHS service is going to be delivered. Can there be any increase in the global sum or the revenue? Um, are they perhaps looking to diversify into um, additional services? any kind of partnerships as in um, we're seeing a lot of GP practices now that have got their own pharmacies inside people that are working with dentists and things like that any before I say more Raj got anything to add yeah certainly um, business plans are, are important because it, it is setting a structure for not just simply the, uh, the the GPs, but I think it's about setting a roadmap for uh, uh, the the rest of the uh, the team, uh, including practice managers. So I'll just give you an example of perhaps the regular business meetings uh, where GPs are having. Those GP meetings are are based on clinical sessions, but they also need to work on the actual. They call it business meetings, but they need to work on the business model as well. So sometimes a, a budget is given to a practice manager to say, right, okay, we're working off X amount in terms of uh, income. These are the cost base. 
go and go go and deliver some 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 of the services. So we're talking about buying insurances, etc. But I think the implications are that they need to be a little bit more strategic, uh, and they need to be involved. So these are the GPs, not simply clinical uh, meetings, but in the business as well, because effectively they are running a business. Okay, thank you. Going to move on to the final question now, question five, and this is worth. 10 bonus points. I'm not, I've lost track of who's actually winning, but... Um, it's me. It's me. Okay, well, let's... I, I'd like to dispute that. Well, <laughs> <I'm not laughs> We've both, we both got a chance to find out. Uh, it's up for grabs, shall we say. Um, okay, final question. Um, obviously, both of you have seen GPs on a regular basis, but what is the most exciting development you have seen in a forward-thinking GP practice? I think... Uh, oh, can, I, can I answer this? Oh, uh, go on, Roger. Okay. Um, As you're losing... Uh, I think we're missing. Sorry, oh, oh, oh. there you go. There's, there's my, there's my pleasure. Uh, okay. I think it's uh, the group of practices. Um, I think long days, uh, the the single-handed practices are, are are no longer sort of around. You know, they have to uh, uh, get together with other businesses. There's lots of mergers, acquisitions that that seems to be uh, seems to be changing in terms of the climates. So you've got federations now, where you've got a group of six, seven practices effectively having a voice in the delivery of their services and it is getting down to uh, you know the NHS slogan NHS value for money and it's about the patient journey and how we can improve the patient journey um, so they can't do it on their own uh, so working together working smarter um, that seems to be uh, the the focal point and it's giving them the ability to obviously then provide a better enhanced service uh, across uh, across the uh, um, the patient base they, they have. Um, I mean, long term, some of the other things which which are happening also is that the ownership of the buildings are being sort of sep- separated between GPs who are owning it themselves and putting it in a limited company, um, and then the GP practice itself are are, are acting as, as tenants, um, and the and and the contracts obviously are, are changing uh, to deliver the uh, the enhanced services which uh, I think all patients demand. I think just to touch on your point about the patient journey, um, you know, we've seen a lot more practices now enhancing technology, so online booking is fairly standard across the country, um, and obviously the move to kind of video consultations and video appointments, um, that's something that I've been noticing a lot more. Totally agree. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Raj and Emma, I think we'll leave it there, that's all we've got time for today. Um, Who won? Well... I am. Do you I'm know sure what? I, I am on the fence. Um, actually, really? I, no. I'm going to get off the fence. I'm going to lean towards Raj. I think you just said that. Yeah. Fix. Absolutely. Fix. Thank you. Thank um, you. Well, my thanks to Emma Raj. I think one thing we can all agree on is that we have found out quite a lot today uh, in this podcast about some of the issues uh, GPs should consider before buying some patch. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you next time. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. And that was our show for this week. Thanks to Ben, Emma and Raj. I think we need to do more Wesley Quiz shows, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Anyway, if you want to find out more information about how Wesleyan Bank can support GPs with their future plans for buying into a partnership, go to wesleyan.co.uk forward slash GP commercial. You can also look out for us on Twitter at Wesleyan, on Instagram at Wesleyan underscore UK, and search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. But that's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening.